You're tuned into Inside Lowell, Inside Lowell podcast, brought to you in part by Washington Savings Bank, serving the greater Lowell community for over 130 years. Make the switch now to Washington Savings Bank. Reverie 73, Lowell's number one cannabis shop. Elevate your cannabis experience at Reverie 73. Hafners, heating and cooling homes and businesses for nearly a century. Hafners, it kicks. And by Boston North Company, restaurant and retail solutions for your business. That's Boston North. And now, time for another Inside Lowell podcast. Inside Lowell. If Lowell is your home, this is your place. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another Inside Lowell podcast. I am your host, Teddy Panos, your host for this podcast. Of course, we have a million others here on Inside Lowell, and we encourage you to check them all out by going to our website, InsideLowell.com. Of course, I do a couple of my standard shows. I also do most of the political interviews here, which is exactly what we're going to be doing here today. It is uh, Tuesday, July 11th, when we're recording it, when you're watching it. I don't know, but hopefully you find it entertaining, informative, and it helps you uh, make up your mind as we're going through the municipal election here in the city of Lowell, because I am excited to welcome into studio with me this morning a brand new candidate here in the city of Lowell. Just pulled paperwork late last week to run for city council in District 1, Correct. the Pawtucketville neighborhood, and he's joining us here in studios to talk about his campaign and why he's running, Emil Kaufman. Hey, Emil, how are you? Welcome to Inside Lowell. Great. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. Story. It's, a, it's great nice to have you here. Always good to see new candidates, fresh faces Thank kind you. of burst onto the scene. So yeah. with that, we've established that you're a first time candidate for political Correct. office in yes. Lowell. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. For those who don't know you, who is Emil Kaufman and why are you running for city council? Why do you want to be one of our city councilors in that district? Well, before I answer that question of who I am, I'd rather talk. Uh, I will answer that. In a very uh, underhanded way. No, I, I won't answer that, but I want to talk about um, directly about what's going on in Lowell and how things are working and how things are not working. But I want to begin uh, that, I want to predicate that on what is the city of Lowell, Lowell's relationship to the, um, to the parks and to the university, because this really determines what's really happening in Lowell and why Lowell is in working rhetorically. So everyone's a cheerleader, Lowell's doing great, but in reality, Lowell is collapsing in on itself. So if you look at it historically, uh, the university, the university has usurped all the main jewels and property that gave Lowell its identity. So if you look at it, the Song of Serena, if you look at the, uh, the, the hotel, the Double Tree Hotel, which now is a, a conference center, everything that made Lowell Lowell is now um, creating a second-class citizen status. And one of the big things that happened over the years, which kind of made Lowell not successful, regardless of what the cheerleaders say and, and the pageantry behind how great Lowell's doing, and, you know, uh, uh, the, the, promo, the promo videos with the monorail and the shopping outlets and that kind of thing and the courthouse, all of that is uh, great rhetoric. It's... it's Kind of a, a, a Potemkin village, a, a whitewashed kind of reality. But the truth of the matter is, Lowell is not really moving forward. And one of the big things behind that is when they began not, 
taking the bus services from downtown and moving it to the, the outskirts, almost as if the, a regular local citizen somehow is an eyesore, a second-class citizen. But what this did was the unintended consequence is it decreased foot traffic. And by decreasing foot tra traffic, you get less people interested in placing uh, big retail or food franchises in downtown. You don't see a Starbucks downtown. You don't see Bertucci's. You don't see anything which is a magnet for a destination city. You see a city with small businesses, which are obviously subsidized. They don't have a real stream of revenue. And one pops out, one pops in. So it's a musical chair kind of reality of downtown. The truth of the matter is there's no there there downtown. So you have to ask, what is a, a solution? How can we fix this? Well, you have the, the national parks. You have ethnic restaurants like 22 Asian restaurants, French restaurants, Portuguese restaurants, Brazilian restaurants. This is a mecca. Don't forget the Greek, please. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize. You, you have the Ethiopian Corner, which is one of the premier and the stellar restaurants in Lowell and, and, the, and, and the Olympia, right? Yes. Uh, the, second, the second cousin to the Ethiopian Corner. But the truth of the matter is these can all be marketed throughout the, the region, the area, to come to Lowell through billboards, a media campaign. And you can put together a relationship between the parks the city, and let's say the more the little memorial, memorial auditorium to put together packages where high schools and senior centers can come to Lowell. This will increase the volume of people coming here, the identification of Lowell, and really create it as it once was hoped for many, many, many years ago as a destination city. So you have these things that need to be done. Bring the buses back town, back downtown, put together you know, packages, tour packages, make it a tourist destination, because after all, it is a historical city. And um, create other kinds of venues to attract people. You can bring a, ca a carousel into downtown Lowell. You can bring an outdoor skating rink in into downtown Lowell. You know, for years, there was the idea that, you know, we're going to make Lowell into a martini crowd, right? And they that had mixed success, so it was a mixed bag. But now you can make it family-friendly. You have a carousel, let's say, in the North Common or an outdoor skating rink. Now you attract people in the suburbs to want to come here. And you can segue off of that and, and make things and make things grow. Um, part of the problem with campaigns in general is it's always um, monomania. It's, it's a one theme issue during each campaign. Everyone sort of uh, goes up zombie apocalypse mode. And that's all they talk about. This time around, it's uh, the homeless people, uh, people on drugs, people that are homeless, as if that is, you, if you remove them and people's like uh, delusional imagination, then everything thrives in Lowell. It's, it's their fault, right? So businesses are saying, it's their fault, their fault. I could be doing much, much better. What are you doing about the homeless people? Well, the truth of the matter is, uh, that isn't the reason why Lowell isn't thriving. It's kind of like a symptom of the city not succeeding. And, and one thing I want to propose is something that's being done nat nationally. It's being done right now in Worcester. So Lowell should learn the lessons of other communities and how they're addressing this problem and what they're doing to resolve it. And one of the things is miniature homes, uh, modular homes. So you have a, a, a property with, with modular villages 
Uh, people that are homeless now have a stake. They have an equity in property. Uh, they can build a future on that. You know that that will affect their, their credit, stability in their lives, and uh, a sense of pride and respectability. Uh, the way things are now, people that talk about the homeless, they probably don't know the name of one homeless person. It's some abstract glob of people that you know shouldn't be here. But there's no real humanity in that. I know like the church uh, don't don't contribute to the homeless people. Ironically, it's all people behind the scenes, you know, pushing and prodding people in power to, to, to do their, their will at their beck and call. This is not the way uh, the city should, should be operating. Um, there's certain things that kind of like are indexes on why the city is not doing well. If you looked at the bikes for years, the years to have the bikes, okay, this is going to be uh, a beautiful rendition to the way Lowell is moving uh, forward in the future. The bikes are here. They were vandalized for whatever reason, project failure. Now you look at the Riverwalk, right? A $30 million investment. It's gonna to totally redefine the city and attract everyone to come to Lowell. To me, when I go there, it's uh, forlorn. There's no one there. It's not utilized. I mean, you can have, uh, if the city got very imaginative, you can get craft shows, fairs, art shows. And one of the things I like to see in the city is to start to market the city to a new demographics. Now there is the art community here, and you know it's, it's a it's a it's a great feather for for Lowell. However, why not market it as a, people that do crafts the way they have it in Maine? So bring craft people here. They can have you know a, a deal with the city to have a, a a craft store in their apartment and 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 market and market Lowell that way. You mean like the Western Avenue Studios and right. the other artists but, live work But for craft people exclusively. The, the way you would go to Maine to, to, to go to a craft fair, you know? And this might seem a little like pie in the sky, uh, but we have a river here. Why not have a, a river gambling boat? Do you know what I'm saying? As an attraction, you know, to people to, to want to come to Lowell. As far as I can see it now, there's no there there here in Lowell. You know, they, they killed all the pigeons because they wanted to get too gentrified. They're taking out the benches, you know, as a slap in the face to the indigenous Lowell people that like you don't have a right to sit down. So it's not a, it's not people friendly. So whatever whatever gentrified vision they have for Lowell, it hasn't worked. It's time for a brand new vision, a brand new direction, a brand new Lowell. All right. Well, you certainly uh, have a new vision, and it, there's a lot there. So I want to delve into some of it. Um, what what in your background would make you qualified to be able to lead this kind of change, to take that vision and be able to convince ten other city councilors? and a city administration that this is the way forward for Lola. Is there something in your background that would help you with what's my pedigree and what's my qualifications? Absolutely none. However, <laughs> however, it's like Popeye. I, 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 I cannot stand no more. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I cannot stand it no more. I don't know the exact quote. I got to go back to the Popeye. That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. That's it. I'm old enough to remember Popeye. That's yeah. it. That's <laughs> so, it. So, so it's that. You see how the city is moving, how the city is progressing, and it's the same rigmarole every two years. Every two years, there's the zombie apocalypse issue, uh, paper or plastic, paper straws or plastic straws, high school moved here, high school moved there, homeless people here, homeless people there, and that's it. Everything everyone talks about, there's no vision. Where there's no vision, the people perish. And there needs to be a new sense of direction in Lowell. And the same thing, like we got, uh, we're operating in the block because we collect really, really good at collecting parking tickets. 
or property taxes and that kind of thing. To me, that's not a, a success story. It's unacceptable. So I don't know if that answers your question, but on a visceral <laughs> level, yeah, I, I can do it. Well, you but have... if you're looking for a pedigree or you know a resume, well, um, I have to I have to make one up. All right. So you're a Pawtucketville resident. You're running for District One Pawtucketville City Councilor. Correct. Everything you kind of discussed there, while it applies in some way to Pawtucketville. It sounds like you're talking about downtown issues. You're talking about citywide issues here. Why are you low, running for Pawtucketville as opposed to at low, large? Low is one community. Now, it happens like recently they changed how people are running. But the truth of the matter is you still represent the entire city. What happens in downtown affects what happens to people in Pawtucketville. And if Pawtucketville is like spruced up and they fix the sidewalks, fix the streets, they have first class everything, it's only because that's what the university does because they have their money from state, federal, and, and what, what other kind of sources. I think we need to change the entire dynamic of what's happening and not have the university as some blob that comes in and creeps in and takes over the entire city. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to focus on three of those things you said in particular because you're you're not going to get votes from anywhere except Pawtucketville. Pawtucketville citizens are going to vote for you. So a couple of the things that you said, uh, you talked about modular villages. Correct. For the homeless. Miniature homes. So mini homes, huts, whatever, there's different incarnations of it across the country. So you would support that in Pawtucketville? If, if, the, if they said, you know what, this is a great idea, Emil, we're going to put this in and we're going to put one right on Mammoth Road or on University well, course, Ave if, or if you, if West look, Meadow, if do you, you want them in Pawtucketville? If you look at the narrative, usually there's a great deal of resistance to that. You know, if you put like uh, any kind of uh, halfway home in anywhere, of course, you're going to get pushback. People think it's going to affect their quality of life, put them in danger and that kind of a thing. But a well-organized, well-run, self-governed village do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Which doesn't affect the, the quality of life and it's not an eyesore and time becomes uh, accepted in wherever the community uh, so, is placed. So you would either and vote of yes. Course, of course people are going to resist that and not like Okay, but that, you, that, that's a given. if you're elected on January 1st or January 2nd, whatever that date is of 2024, when you get sworn in, will you make a motion to bring modular villages to let them be created in the city of Lowell and in Pawtucketville specifically? Would you make that motion? Would you vote yes for that motion? Absolutely, depending upon where it's best suited to be placed. Do you know, that's not my determination. That's the, the determination of other committees that know the city and understand where the best place is at. But would I, would I say don't put it in, in, in any of the districts in Lowell? Would I have reservations? Absolutely not, anywhere okay. in Lowell. Okay, so I'm assuming that the answer is also yes to my next question about ADUs, accessory dwelling units, which has become a, a huge political battle in the city. Uh, would you be okay with them being permitted throughout the city as the ordinance uh, is currently proposed? Can you apprise me as to what that is in particular? So ADUs, uh, accessory dwelling units, uh, we turn a garage into an in-law apartment or be able to do an addition onto your house to to either have family members live there or I believe as the, the current ordinance is proposed, you could also rent it out to non-family right. members. I'm for anything a landlord does to that, that's an assistant, the landlord should somehow be comp compensated whether in tax breaks water bill breaks, whatever, do you know what I'm saying? So there should be some kind of reciprocal thing that it's a win-win. Not just somebody does something and they have to, you know, absorb all the burdens from what they're trying to do. I am, but it has to be done in a more creative way, in a way that makes it more appealing to the people that are involved. So, so as an abstract concept, yes, but you're going to have to, like, 
like you know flesh it out more so people understand what what's in it for them okay. but if somebody wants to build an adu in their home um or a addition to their home or turn a garage into an adu you would be okay with it and also be willing to provide some kind of tax break or uh, incentive or financial Everything, incentive for I, I don't know i don't know what the, the what the particulars are in that but everything within limits and within the 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 will of the community so if there's a referendum on that and it's, it's thumbs down obviously the person that uh, is representing that that particular district is going to have to abide by the will of the community they can't go off willy-nilly on 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 their own impulse so yeah according to what the, the, the what the community uh, absolutely wants okay you know? the other thing that you said that might have perked up some ears was about the university uh yeah. you you believe the university is a negative you know, the expansion of the university. I didn't say that, no. I, I, but I say that the people of Lowell, the city of Lowell, is really playing a, a, the role of a second-class citizen vis-a-vis the university. Now you can't deny that if you see the long-term development of what's going on. Sure, the university is a, a great engine for impo improving the, the 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 overall dynamics of what's happening here. But it's still the university. It's not the city per se. The city does not uh, hold on to its own assets because it's not managing them properly. You know, even the, the low uh, memorial auditorium had a had a guess. I would say the stream of revenue really isn't there. I think it's all being subsidized, and that's why it's, it's, it's remaining the way it is. And in time, it's going to be another university property. And I don't think that that is a good thing. I'm not saying your universities are negative. I'm not saying uh, get rid of the university. I'm just saying change that the dynamic between the, the city and the university. But would you have voted no to the sale of Olatcher Park to the university? If you were sitting on the council? Oh, absolutely. You would have voted no. You would have wanted the city to keep that. I would want the city to get its act together and make sure that it, it can hold on to, to, to what it has. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not using university mm -hmm. as, the, as the outlet for, for failure. What if I that asset is costing the city money? You could put a happy face on anything. Uh, we feel the university uh, is here for us. I but, mean, that, that's not success. It, that, that's kind of a bait and switch. So if that asset is losing money, you still think the city should keep it, hold on to it, and find a way to, to make it profitable? Find people that can manage it to make it successful. Okay. Okay, I mean, just because you're feeling, it doesn't mean to say that, well, um, uh, it, nothing, nothing else could have been done. It, it, it was inevitable. It's inevitable that the city becomes like usurped by, by the university. Okay. It's just a law of nature. So I mean, I'm not buying into that at all. So if you're elected, another issue you may have to vote on is whether to sell off some of these city garages. We hear about the parking enterprise fund. It's in the negative. Um, they're not making money. They, not, some people are saying sell these garages to a developer. Not if you low correctly. you got all these ethnic restaurants. You can, as I said, you can go to the senior centers. You can go to the high schools. Like um, you're doing uh, tour trips, tour guide trips, get people in here. You know, you can, you can have like, uh, you can go to uh, Brutal Waking in the morning for a breakfast. You can go um, be a tie for lunch. You can see a show at the, at the Lowell uh, Memorial Auditorium. You can go on a, on, 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 on a national park tour. You can package and market the city effectively. So you don't have to start selling your limbs and organs in order to survive. That, that's not the way to go. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, we're chatting with uh, Emil Kaufman, candidate for Lowell City Council in District 1, Pawtucketville neighborhood. You actually you have uh, till the 18th, which is exactly a week from today, 5 p.m. to return.
your signatures? How was the signature gathering going? I got one so far. One signature so far. But, but, but I'll have it. <laughs> you may need to pick up the pace. And I'll, I'll pick up the pace. I, I've been doing other things, but I'm going to go out tomorrow and the day after. Okay. And I, I mean, you, you, it's a 200 that kind of thing. Yeah, you need to get I, 150, I, I, but they advise you get over 200. Yeah, some but, but I do have one solid signature. Okay, is it yours? Yeah. No, it's um <laughs> somebody from City Hall. Don't forget to sign yours. You'll have a second one. Oh, yeah. That's there you go. All right. Um, bus service. Um, that was an interesting point you brought up. Uh, a lot of people have pointed to that moment when the... Uh, when the buses, all the buses went to downtown, now they go to Gallagher Terminal, right. and they have yeah. the circulator that brings people downtown. Uh, a lot of people point to that as the, the official, the final nail in downtown's coffin. Would you push actively to, to find a way with the Lowell Regional Transit Authority to get all the buses coming back to downtown again? Absolutely. And I would change the the kind of like hoity-toity thing about uh, making everything historical. Because the, the, the historicity that they're talking about is only something from 1830s. But they, I noticed that they got rid of all the murals from like the turn of the century or, or the late 19th century. And they had no problem with that. And they put up some uh, murals which don't really represent the ethnic heritage of Lowell. I guess it's more a, a woke sensibility. So I'm trying to get it, Lowell needs to get away from being ideological and rhetorical and, and how they're doing things and get down to like brass tasks, really doing things and moving forward. Going bold, you know, and as I said before, I think you quoted it correctly. That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. Okay. Yeah. One, one more uh, issue that uh, is important in Pawtucketville, I hear a lot of discussion still about it, the proposed rotary at the end of Old Ferry Road and, and West Meadow. It was supposed to go in. They've kind of temporarily done uh, traffic lights right now, but there are people pushing to bring that rotary back to that intersection. Uh, your thought, does it work fine as it is now with the traffic lights, or do those need to be uh, done away with and put a rotary in? Uh, end of Old Ferry Road, right by the New Market Basket, going towards West Meadow. Okay, I go to the Market Basket a lot, I mean, uh, uh, is a problem there an issue of, of what uh, congestion or do you know? There, there were traffic. People were concerned about the traffic. That was the proposal for the road. The only thing I can say to that is usually when people do traffic stuff, they they do them. They have the the high powered light and they do it in the dead of night and they try to minimize the inconvenience to the the regular commuters and that kind of a thing. But that seems to have gone over the head of all the planners here. So now, if you want to go from like point A to point B, which you can walk in in three minutes, it'll take you a half hour in car. So whatever they're doing, they're, they're not really minding the, the absolute inconvenience that it is to a commuter, and they're just going ahead with, you know. And another thing too is um, a lot of double parking in Lowell. There's a lot of like lack of visibility when you're coming off the street, cars are double parked. Uh, if I'm doing the rotary, like near the hospital, uh, Memorial Hospital, and going on that rotary either toward uh, toward Lawrence and that kind of thing. You can't see a thing, like, like, no, one, like no one's cut that hedges. So there's a lot, it's a lot of whispering right now on the street that Lawrence is better than Lowell. Now, what do they mean by that? But it seems to, Lowell seems to be on a down, downward spiral, just on the basics, do you know what I'm saying? So as far as working on, on things, I, I know people ha, are fed up, you know, with all the construction and all the inconvenience. I think it has to be done in a more effective and, and efficient way. But I have to look into that issue a little more because I'm not really that familiar with it, to be honest with you. All right, before we wrap up, just a little bit more on your background. You, you've never run for office in Lowell before. Have you ever held office anywhere? Have you ever class president in sixth grade, as I, as I was fortunate to be? Uh, high school, have you ever run for any political office before? No, but I helped um, people in, in North Carolina 
and when uh, when they were running in their thing and and they were surprised because um uh, the, the guy that ran that particular office which uh, came in last uh, on the primaries every time. So when I did work on his campaign, he came in first in the primaries and first in the general election. So I, I am familiar with how to run a campaign. And this is the best type of campaign because you're not controlled. Uh, there's so many media availability in, in social media that you can't be, the, the narrative is not going to be controlled by the lowest done by CAP by traditional outlets. You have the ability to define yourself and create your own branding. So now's the time to run if you don't want to be marginalized and stigmatized the way you would have been if you ran, let's say, 10 years ago. So this is an opportunistic time. You know? okay. All right, if folks want to learn more about your campaign, how do they do so? Do you have a website set up yet or social media accounts? You're, you're, you're a brand new candidate. You literally pulled uh, either last Thursday night. Right, or right, right. So, um, have you set up all that stuff yet so people can go find out more about you and, and where you stand on the issues? What, I, what I'm going to try to do, I'm, again, the time, you know, time goes very quickly, right? Sure. I'm, I'm going to try to have an online uh, social media debate like, like the first of its kind. You know, and, and use that as a stepping stone to try to, like, uh, express who I am as opposed to the other candidates. A lot of the stuff is going to be social media. A lot of that's in the works. Um, just a matter of organizational and, and, and doing what I need to do. So I will have those things available. They will be on uh, on on my brochures as I'm going and canvassing door to door. So that that's going to develop uh, first in baby steps and hopefully later at, at at a, full, at a full spread. All right. Emil Kaufman is the name. City Council candidate. Correct. District 1 in Pawtucketville. All right. Good luck to you, Emil. We'll see you uh, if you get on the ballot, uh, which, again, deadline July 18th. Got to go get those signatures. No, okay? no, no. I'm not, I'm not getting in the ballot. I am getting on the ballot. Okay. And, and that shouldn't even be an afterthought. All right. Well, we'll catch up with you again during the campaign. Do right. well. All right. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. And there you go. Emil Kaufman. Candidate for Lowell City Council joining us here on Inside Lowell. Hopefully you found out a little bit more about his candidacy and why he's running. Thank you for joining us here. We'll continue to introduce you to candidates in the coming days and weeks here, here on Inside Lowell as uh, we get closer and closer to the election. And of course, follow all your political news Inside Lowell. You get it fast, you get it first. We have the most experienced political coverage team in the area here. And our coverage is only going to expand going forward. Uh, till next time, everybody, I'm Teddy Panos saying stay safe.